So, hello everybody. Welcome to the Curious Entrepreneur podcast with uh, your host for today, Sam Squire. Alex is not here, he's out hustling, as always. I am joined by the unbelievable Kelly Cartwright. Um, so, do you want to introduce yourself to the Curious Entrepreneur crew? And then we'll deep dive into all about you, all about what you do, and looking forward to the future. So I am Kelly Cartwright. I own Core Recruiter. We're a specialist construction recruitment agency covering all of East Anglia. Nice, nice. And wh- what we do is we we start the podcast with the same question. I used to do it about the present day, but now we kind of backtrack. So one, this will be like free flow, so we can go wherever you want with it. But I'm really interested in how your journey started in the space you're in now so what what made you curious about construction in the first place it was a bit of a fluke actually okay <laughs> um so i was gonna leave my a levels and go into advertising and marketing okay had a job lined up and i was 17 at the time needed some money for my little 106 put some petrol money in the car nice. and I was like, oh, I need to get a job. So I applied for an admin job working for a recruitment business. Started and then I thought, I quite like this. Recruitment's really fast paced. Mm. No two days are the same. Like there's just a bit of a buzz about it. And you get there's such a job satisfaction of you find someone their next step in their career Mm. or you place somebody and the client's really happy because you found them the right person for their business. And I thought, oh, and then construction's always something i think it's a really visual thing you can take a field mm-hmm. nothing there and then you can develop like a housing community or i don't know a shop yeah, or cool. a doctor's and you can see it grow yeah and for me i think that's amazing like yeah, cool. and everyone does mug me off for it but i think diggers and telehandlers and all the machinery is quite sexy like yeah. there's something nice about nice. this massive digger <laughs> everyone's like you're a weird I'm like, <laughs> absolutely not um and i just i think your passion over time just develops for it yeah i don't think if you'd have took me back to day one i'd have been like as excited and love construction as much as i probably do now like you'd have never have like put me in that space but over time i'm just like absolutely love it get me out on site where my hive is i'm there okay love it so where was that transition then? So you said you were doing the ad, like the admin aspect of things. Yeah. Where what happened? What did the journey look like mm-hmm. to the next step? So when you work for a big national corporate business, there's a lot of red tape. Mm. I'm not about following the rules. I probably never have followed the rules. Nice. But for me, it's, you know, recruitment's about people. And when I was there, it was like, you can't do this. You're too junior for that. You can't do this. There was a lot of, you know, caging. And mm. I was like, actually, I want somewhere that can really develop my skills and allow me to spread my wings. Mm. I thought I could get that somewhere else, but I couldn't. Um, but I tried it. And then I thought, why am I making money for somebody else? Why am I being told this is what you've got to do? You can't do this. You can't do that when I could do it for myself Mm. and then there was sort of a switch and I was like I'm just gonna do it for myself wow um I was lucky my parents when I was growing up had their own business so I did see 
the shit side of owning a business mm. of the long hours the money worries and all that sort of stuff that, mm. that goes into it um so i was quite fortunate i didn't sort of go in with my eyes sort of closed yeah wow do you think do you think by your parents having that business that actually had a massive influence on you starting your own? 100%. So I think you can see the freedom. Don't be wrong, sometimes you'd love to be an employee. I'd mm. love to be like it's not my problem. I'm skipping yeah, out yeah, five yeah. o'clock. Yeah. Um but you then see the actual like the self benefit, the reward, the self satisfaction of that's my business, that's my brand. Mm. I've created that. Mm. Um, and I saw that from a really early age. Mm. Um, I would probably, at the time, when I was sort of 13, 14, helping my mum and dad of a weekend, and all my mates were out going out playing, and, mm. with you know, I was always like, oh, this is rubbish. Mm. Um, but now I look back, I think, what an experience. Like, it made yeah. me older and wiser above my years. I knew from a really young age how to communicate with people, especially adults, mm how to have interactive conversations, how to deliver pitches. We did trade shows and my mum was like, you can come and you can be there. So you instantly, you know, I wasn't scared of people. I wasn't scared of interacting with people. I've done it. Mm. Even from like a small age, I was around that. I was around sort of numbers. My mum would help me, like make me help her stock the shop and things Mm. that they had. And then she sort of got me involved in numbers. Not like, you know run with it but it yeah. was th- i was there she was like this is what we do this is how you make money like this is the profit and loss like do you know what i mean That's so, cool. so you kind of had that in your head from a young age and then wow. there was sort of you know if you come and help us out you can earn some pocket money mm. that kind of thing and then you earn that res- value and respect for the money side of things mm. amazing so when when you were younger and you were like you were given these experiences or almost uh, not not forced but you were exposed to these experiences yeah. a lot of the young people we work with may feel everyone feels it that imposter in inside inside their head i still get it now right okay i still get the imposter syndrome now did you experience that when you were that age or were you just so naive it was just I was like so naive i was like just oh, go and this do it. is amazing like just enjoying the life experiences i think Mm. my imposter syndrome has got worse since i've got older which sounds ridiculous because it should get better but i think it gets worse for me in certain settings chuck me on a building site i don't feel imposter at all put me in a room i had it a couple of weeks ago franz awards felt well out of place really yeah anxiety through the roof felt like i didn't belong so she had some big names there like big businesses and i was like it's just a little of my little of me from norwich (laughs) so what's the what do you think is the the difference then i think it's where you feel comfortable right in my head like my bag is being on site that's my comfort like my comfort area Mm. um Put me in a room. I'm in a dress with heels. I feel well out of place straight yeah. away. Yeah. And then you're around and you feel like, should I be here? Like, you know, I don't know. Don't know. Mm. Can't put my finger on it. But it, yeah. That's something that we could definitely go uh, deep on uh, in another episode for sure. Imposter syndrome. So, if we backtrack to that period, so you then thought about right, why am I working for someone else? 
could I actually take more income in, develop a brand? And, I've, and I looked at your brand yesterday, it's banging like that. The core um, kind of announcement was unreal. Um, what was that period of time? So from your first day in construction as an admin to you going, do you know what, I'm going to do my own thing? Because I know you've been doing it. So you've been, core recruiters been going nearly 12 years. Is that correct? So no, so we've been seven years. I've run my own business. Okay. I've been in recruitment 12. Right. Okay, so, okay, okay. Yeah, five years between the two. Right, I see. Okay. And how did that, when you took the leap, how did you feel? <laughs> Shit, scared. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the problem is there's a lot of people that will tell you you can't do it. Yeah. So when I sort of bounce the idea about it, there's a lot of people that are like, really? Are you sure? Mm. Are you crazy? Um, on the other hand, you've also got people that are going, go for it. Mm. Like, you'll smash it. Mm. Um, it's scary. And like some days, it even like, you know, when you get certain things like COVID, when that hit, and I shut the office and you think, when am I going to open this again? Like, mm. none of us really knew. It was a bit of a, a weird time for us all. Mm. Um, so for me, I don't think you'll ever feel ready, but you've just got to go for it. Like, oh, it's one thing I'd always say is always, always just say yes to any opportunity that comes your way because you never, ever know what that's going to lead to. Like me being sat here, I wouldn't have met you or Alex if I hadn't have met with Jamie, like however many years ago that was. Mm. And then that spirals on. Mm. And then, like I say, you just never know where those opportunities and I always think you'll regret stuff you don't do then if you do something that was a waste of time yeah you might think oh that was a bit naff but mm. you'll never regret it as much as you go and shit I wish I'd said yes yeah I wish so I'd good. seized that opportunity yeah interesting yeah I believe the same thing like say say yes as much as you can until your, your calendar's packed out mm -hmm. and then with every yes you do like you say the experience of it would it will Whatever you do like or don't like, it will draw you closer to what you want to do. And then when you've got a packed out calendar, you can start saying no, which will draw you closer to the yes you really want to do. Yeah, I like it. So who were those people that were... Who were the people that were doubting? Who were the people that were encouraging? Obviously, mum and dad. My other half. Um, very supportive. You've got to have such a close support network. Because mm. there's some days that you just think why am I doing this? Mm. Um, and you need those people. Good, I've got a good circle of friends that are all very, they champion what I do, they champion me, they'll support me with whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Um, I wouldn't say I had a massive network when I started, whereas I think over the years I've developed a really good network. But if you can have access to a network from a young age, there's a lot of networking groups and stuff now that develops from a young age. Mm. I've now started to see really come into play and I think they're really important because you've then got that peer group that you can have someone to support you or share something on social media that gets a further reach for your business mm. um, but then you've also got the people that like I say want to pull you down we had odd competitors of ours that were like really are you mad um, even a lot of men they did say really are you mad mm. like I was 23 when I started my business so I wow. was young um, obviously being really male-dominated industry, they were like, you're crazy. You are crazy. And I was like, mm, okay, well, you might think that, but watch me, because I'm one of them people. If you say you can't do it, I'll be like, one of it. 
So, do you want to speak about the culture within within the industry? So, mm-hmm. so like you 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 were shortlisted for the top hundred. Yeah. In, is it most influential women, women in yeah. construction, which is amazing? How? What does the culture look like in construction first, and then we'll go on to how how you've changed it personally, and how you want it to look like. It's changed in the last 12 years, but there's still a long way to go. Mm -hmm. It is male-dominated. There's not a lot of women. Um, Years ago, it used to be wolf whistling on site. You can imagine the sort of site banter Mm. that it used to be, whereas now there's not... That's not allowed. It's Mm. quite frowned upon. Um, For me, I think there's still so much work that can be done. Mm -hmm. Hence why I bang my little drum quite a lot. Mm -hmm. But... It's you can't take it away like it is a man's world. Yeah. Um. And I'm not saying women will come over and it's going to be a female dominated industry because it never will be. Mm. But I think there's more room for us ladies in that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, different skill set, different you know ideas and opinions, different mindset. Mm. And it, you are seeing it. You're seeing a shift, but it's never going to completely three sixty. Yeah. Okay. Just like I don't think, like a mechanics, for example, that's male dominated. Women are going into it. It'll never be a female industry. Same as hairdressing. Nine times out of ten, it's a female industry. Mm-hmm. You're getting more men go into it, but it'll never be a male dominated industry. Yeah. Okay. So I love it though. Yeah. But you've got to have that mindset of. You have got to be a bit ruthless. You have got to be a bit resilient. Like someone will you know, call you out. If they think you're a dick, they'll tell you you're a dick. Mm. If you're not, I say it's difficult, like, but if you're not, you know, resilient and think, all right, mate, that's your opinion, mm. it will bother you and it mm. will bring you down. Mm-hmm. Men are very black and white, whereas, like, women, I think, dance around a situation, whereas blokes are very direct and I think you've got to be quite direct and used to that direct sort of mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. What's moulded your mindset then? I've always been a bit of a laddie kind of woman anyway. My social circle is quite heavily men. Mm-hmm. Obviously, naturally, what I do is going to be. Yeah. Um, but I've always been brought up around, like, the truth. I think a lot of the time parents shield people from the truth. Like, mm. you are going to come up against people that don't like you, that will troll you, that will try and bring you down. Mm. My parents were always very honest with that. Like, we're not all, like, fluffy and love each other and want to yeah. kiss each other. Um, so I think I was always exposed to that yeah. um, from a young age. But I think, for me, I just want to be that person that does sort of stand out and be that person that they think, oh, yeah, Kelly, you know, mm. because there aren't many women in the industry. And there are people that do come in and think, no, it's not for me. And I think if I'd have listened to negativity and, you know, the people that say, oh, you can't do it, Mm -hmm. I'd have left a long time ago. But that drives me to be like, I'm going to do it and I'm going to be there and I'm going to be annoying because you're going to hear about me all the time. I love it. I love it. (laughs) But that's my competitive nature. Yeah. Okay. What's, What's your... What's your intention to let me read let me reword that like how how do you personally want to use your how your journey to change the culture in construction 
I think I always live by a motto of you can't be what you can't see. So I want to be the person that you can see. So when you look on like social media and things like that, if you see an image about construction, nine mm-hmm. times out of ten, it's a bloke. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people then associate, well, that's a male industry. Whereas if you've got people like me, women, champion it, you see me doing it, it then sparks that trigger in someone's brain of, oh, well, she can do it, so can mm-hmm. I. Um, and I want to be that person that people do see, that do break the stereotype and do say actually you can do it like don't worry about what gender you are it doesn't matter Mm. if you want to do it do it that's amazing what has been the great like what's been the biggest challenge you've faced since being in construction being a woman i've had people say what do you know about construction you're just an office bird um I've had people check company's house to make sure I actually own my company <laughs> and then admit it to me, which I think is just insane. Wow. So, yeah, you do get a lot of challenges. The one that is, you know, so prevalent is, oh, what do you know? You're just a girl. Mm. But that's where I will go above and beyond to make sure I know the industry inside and out. I go out on site. I see mm. the customers. I understand machinery. I understand the lingo. Of even last year, I didn't haven't told anyone, but I did a carpentry course of an evening. So I now know a bit about carpentry. I'm not going to be like, you know, fixing anyone's house up, doing second fix or whatever, but I know a bit about it. To, so that if someone says, oh, yeah, da-da-da-da, I can go, yeah, I know that because I've done it. So good. But you kind of almost have to go a bit above and beyond to prove yes. yourself. Like if you walked in and said, all right, mate, I'm a carpenter, they'd go, yeah, no worries. Whereas if I walked in and went, oh, yeah, I'm a carpenter, they'd go, Really? So you've almost on the back foot from day yeah. one. It's, 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 it shouldn't be the case, but it's almost like you've you've turned it into your superpower. And I, lo- I actually, I love that so much. So you, you spoke there about you've you, you done extra, like in the evening classes around carpentry. What has your self-development journey looked like since you walked into that office as an admin? A lot. <laughs> okay. I think years ago I was an awful manager. When I first learned to man, like you know, I started managing a team, made some really shit decisions. Because like, you never, you know, you, I was just winged it a little bit. But then now you sort of you grow and you develop. I'd like to think the team respect me. I'm not one of these managers that will say I'm your boss to do as I tell you. Mm-hmm. Like we're all an equal team as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. But years ago, when you first sort of own your own business, you think, yeah, I'm Billy Big Bollocks. So. Mm. And I think you do make some fuck-ups that, that mould you. Mm. Um, as well, I think you learn a lot more. So when I first started, if someone said to me, oh, I need a digger driver, I'd be like, yeah, great. Now I'm like, yeah, no worries. What machine is it? Like, what size machine is it? What sort of work are you going to be doing? That mm. kind of thing you then learn along the way. And if I didn't know, I would ask, because I think that's the biggest thing is Mm. you can blag it so much, but then you can look a bit of an idiot if you then send the wrong thing. If you say, oh, I need a 360 driver, and I sent them a dumper driver, they'd go, well, it's not the right person. Mm. So I think it's just being honest and asking the questions to say, so what is that? What does it do? Mm. Like being involved in it. Okay. So actually linking to like curiosity, like, Dropping the dropping the ego for starters when you are in those higher positions, but also 
being being curious yeah. and not being afraid to actually be wrong. I think it's important. Nice. And I think being people respect you more by saying, I don't know. Mm. What do you mean? What does that lingo mean? Like there's certain stuff now. If someone says something, I'm like, what's that? Mm. And then they'll tell <laughs> you because they don't care. They're like, because yeah. then that almost gives them that like, oh, I know something and I can teach you. Yeah, so yeah. I always ask the question, even now, I'm like, what do you mean by that? That's really interesting. Can you show me? what What's that? You know, how does that work? And yeah. they love it. You yeah. know, they, they're talking <laughs> about their field. They're like, yeah, this is it. And they're like, yeah, this is amazing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, cool. So then there's more knowledge for me that then solidifies what I'm trying to create. If yeah. I am a construction recruiter, I know about construction. I'm not just saying we're a specialist. We are a specialist. Yeah. That is so cool. Because until you really think about that, it, it helps both parties. You're learning. They understand that you actually are, are real and authentic yeah. and they can get to shout about what they they like doing, which most people love they doing love, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Nice. I had I had that, we spoke about it before, I've had it um, had it with EY, uh, Eden Project. Like I spoke with one of their partners, just was like walking down the, walking down the stage area. I'm, you know, me and Alex are like just going bang, 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 um, and I was just like, "Oh, how's your day?" Da, da, da. She, I was like, "Who do you work for?" She's like, "EY." I was like, "What's EY?" And then she was explaining to me, and then, I then she said it was an accountancy firm. Da, da, da. I was thinking, "Oh, you're just like an accountant kind of thing." I was like, "What's your role?" She's like, "I'm a partner." I was like, "Oh, how many people do you employ?" She's like, "Oh, three hundred sixty thousand." I was like, well, "Okay," <laughs> <laughs> but then but she she laughed at me when she said, "Oh, what's EY?" I was like, why are you laughing? She's like, do you not know who we are? I was like, can't laugh. I've never heard of you in my life. <laughs> I think that's why that naivety of yeah. like just going and doing. And people respect that. Yeah. Saying, and then she you, loved oh, it. Oh, yeah. Like, I know who you are. And then you haven't got a clue. You yeah. just look a twat straight away. Yeah. She lo- she absolutely loved it though. Yeah. She was like, I'm so glad you, you said that. Because obviously her thing is about trying to make sure everyone knows about EY. And internally, they think that that's the case. Um. So sometimes you need a bit of that. Like you need to get kind of ki- like a kick in the bum or something. Do you know what I mean? To actually understand what is realistic and what actually the world thinks about you or your business. Yeah. So I like it. So then, so we've spoken about how you got into construction, changing the cultures within it, challenges you faced. I'm interested in to also finding out the hidden gems of construction that people might not, think about a, a call so what what are like what are like the cool things in construction that no one actually knows about probably quite a lot okay i like i say i think taking a field yeah and like developing something from that field is actually mega um and i don't think people really appreciate that like you think the one what we're talking about alconbury wheels mm-hmm. like that was once like a usa army base and now there's like a little community going on like houses the air ambulance are now going up there the co-op it's all stuff like that that you just think this is really cool Mm -hmm. one of them that recently i've been involved in is the gullwing bridge in lowestoft okay (coughs) that is like a mega mega project and to say that we've got involvement in it is just amazing everyone Mm. hears about it and even like if you do a site visit there, like it's just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. What is it? It's a massive bridge that connects two parts of the river oh, to each nice. other. But honestly, it's like massive. How like big is it? Multi, multi million pounds worth. Well, like the length of it. 
not sure. <laughs> well, like a couple hundred meters or what? Yes, yeah, massive, it's massive, absolutely massive. Okay. But some of it is just so you just don't think about it. Yeah. Like you just when you see stuff being built, like as a kid, you just think, oh yeah. You don't realize like the technical stuff that actually goes into that, yeah. that gets put in, how they have to change certain things to be adaptable for this to come through. You know the roads that then all link to it, and you think, "What? Yeah. This is mad." Yeah, nice. Uh, I'm I'm curious as well. Me and Alex have the Alex has this um, thing about construction. He's like, they should build the things like the the stores or whatever. Then they should build the community around it rather than the other way around. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Because obviously it's that catch thing too. It's like if you build a store. Pe- the the people that are going to have the stores don't want to do it unless there's yeah. people there. But then there's a lot of sites where there's loads of houses there and, and there's right. nothing there. They do. They're now, a lot of the sites, the housing developers have got to now put in the facilities. So they have to contribute to the pot to put the facilities yeah. in. So I think that's why the houses come first is because they need that housing developer to go, here's X amount of money yeah. to build a Tesco's or a school or whatever. Mm. Some, my opinion is I think they need to go simultaneously. So I think mm. if you build a shop or a school, that'll sit dormant with nothing going on in it whilst they build the houses. Mm. But I think if you build them simultaneously, the houses will be getting occupied, which then means your demand with the shops and schools and facilities yeah. are then there. Okay. What does that look like realistically now, though? Like, if you, you said that, like, when they're, when they're being built together... They don't. They're always after. The houses are first, always then, the rest. Interesting. Yeah, so we touched up just on around kind of how things are built and stuff. I'm interested in obviously me. We first met at the launch event at our launch event, and I think there's some people where Alex always raves about you. He's like, "You got me, you got me, Kelly, you got me, Kelly." And there's some people where you're like you're in their space and you're just like, "Yeah, you just get it. Like you're just an absolute machine, <laughs> literally." Um, I'm really interested in what your vision is for yourself, um, your business, and also what you think construction, what's construction going to look like in 30 years? Well, it all depends on like AI and tech. Yeah. What, uh, where, where do you see it? But like, so let's start with construction. With how, with what you're seeing now on a day-to-day basis and maybe things in the background and conversations you have there what what does what do you think construction will look like in 30 years there's a massive skill shortage coming okay. so years ago people would naturally go into construction they'd follow their dad's footsteps or their mm. uncles or whatever and there's a massive massive shortage of new blood coming through it's mm. not seen as a cool industry unfortunately phones and tech everyone thinks is the way to go so people don't pick that as a vocation. So there's the first issue straight away mm. because we're not bringing new talent through. So it's trying to attract the talent into the industry straight away, bringing it mm. into like it is a cool industry. Um, so that's the first challenge. And I think it's then retaining those people because construction can be hard. Like if you're a bricklayer, you think, you know, in summer, lush, you know, it's gorgeous weather, you're outside, it's beautiful. But... Mm. Then the flip side, it's minus three, you can't lay any bricks, mm. you ain't earning. So 
So you've got, a, there's that balance, isn't there? Yeah. Whereas if you work in an office, for argument's sake, it don't matter what the weather is because mm. you can consistently earn your money. Mm. So I think there's a challenge massively around that. Mm. Um, but on the flip side to that, it then means the price and the money that you can earn goes through the roof. Because yeah. there's not enough people, it means that, you know, you're more wanted, which means the rates will just keep creeping up and creeping mm. up and creeping up. Mm. Yeah, okay. What do you think is the missing piece to the puzzle, though, with that um, talent pool? I don't think construction is, like, a go-to industry. I think from a school age, it's never promoted in the right light. I think it's always, oh, you're not very academic, so maybe you think about construction. I don't think it's sold in mm. the right manner. Um, that's just from my personal opinion, when mm. actually there, I know some amazing people within construction that are really talented, really, you know, academic, and they're earning a fortune. Mm. And it's not just on-site stuff. You've got all the back office side of things. You've got quantity surveyors. You've mm. got the technical department. You've got land department. All the stuff that you don't think about when you think construction, you just think tradey. Mm. Um, and I think that's where there's a massive issue because there's just no partnership. It's just, mm. oh, yeah, go construction. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, because when I was at school, I, I'm not going to lie, obviously my my background was in football, so I was just going foot, professional football, da 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 But... There was never one experience or touch point around construction at all. No, and it's still like that now. If not, I think it's probably worse. Mm. So what do you think needs to change within that system? I think it's just opening it up. It's just not channeling people into, this is what you've got to do. Mm. It's opening it up of doesn't matter on your gender your background or anything like that it's what you're good at what's your skill set mm. have you thought about x y and z i mean when i was at school there was no i didn't have anything about construction didn't have anything about recruitment but recruitment is a massive industry mm. but it's just being open to everything and being exposed to everything mm-hmm. i think social media can help in that respect because if you see stuff on like tiktok or whatever you think, oh, that's quite cool. That's quite interesting. Mm. It then might open it up. There's a lot of these a day in the life of videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've been asked to do a couple, which I'm going to do. But then you can then see firsthand what someone's day job is and then think, oh, actually, that looks quite cool. Yeah. Okay. So I think that we can't rely on the systems. No. So what can you do? I know you've got a lot on your plate anyway. <laughs> but what can you do to change the perception i know i know you're doing it with um in regards to the the gender stuff but like what can you do from a just as an industry heart i think it's just promoting yeah you you to young people you to new talent what can you do what's your going to be your accountability saying i should go into a school okay talk which that as i said to you earlier like that the thought that just scares the shit out of me (laughs) But I think it's needed. What say, scares you? Just off, get so bad anxiety, public speaking. Like when we'll come to your launch event, yeah. and Alex went, you're speaking tonight. I was like, what? Right. I was like, give me a Prosecco. Okay. <laughs> now. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Maybe there's like a curious construction collab going on there. <laughs> like I it. think it needs to be done. It yeah. Needs, like this, honestly, like, I can't, I'm not just saying it, but I think it's, the industry is fascinating. Mm. 
the stuff that you can build, what you can create is just phenomenal. It's and cool. I think being part of it is mega. Like when I look back years ago and think, oh yeah, we had lads building that school and now there's like, I don't know, 200 kids that go there and have their education there. Yeah, so like, cool. Oh, we had like something to do with it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really rewarding. Or yeah. like, oh look, we've had guys help build this house. That's now someone's family home. Like that's, I just think it's really like yeah. lush. How do you deal with, because some people, like they have to see the impact like mm. there and then, or or obviously there's a, within like a few months or whatever. Like what, what's your, what is your drive? I know you've got drives in, within yourself to like, right, people tell me no and I'm going to just go fuck you. I'm going to do it. That's but, <laughs> but like, how do you deal with the, when you do get like shit days and you, and you've got to get through it. What what's kind of like your north star? Because I can envisage envisage when you're talking about building something. If all you've got, if it's a really like horrible day, and you're just mucking it out, like getting into nitty gritty, but you can't see the people in the buildings and stuff like that. What what does what do what what is your north star? I think you've just got to always look past the shit day like we all have shit days yeah um you know and you can't sit and go yeah life's great every single day because it's not Mm. um and i think you have to just be a bit resilient to it and think this is temporary Mm. i'm having a shit day today tomorrow could be a mega day Mm. and you've just got to try and sort of overcome that by just focusing on the end goal Mm. and i think you know with what we do it's not sometimes it's instant impact like i can play someone in a job tomorrow mm. and instantly i've i've done a good thing or sometimes it's a slow burner so it could be that i introduce somebody they have an interview not quite the right time in and then that just completely dies a death mm. and then a year down the line that then rekindles and then that starts like it's not always an instant impact mm. so i think you've got to take life as different you've got different paths if sometimes you can make an instant instant impact Mm. or it can take six months a year Mm. you know i had a guy he come out of prison you know needed a start we spoke to a client and said look we've got somebody he is he's on tag but he's really referenced really really well we want to give him a go we want to give him an opportunity Mm. and he said yeah reluctantly he was like i hope he's not going to beat me up like Mm. you know and i was like no he's not like i've been with him i've sat with him i'm comfortable Mm. with him and then in the end, you know, that's they started that, and he's like, he's a good worker because he wants to prove people wrong, because mm. um, he got in a silly scrap and then got, you know, done for it. Mm. And now they've employed him, given him a full time job, and he's now starting to progress through his career, and they're now investing in him. Amazing. And that's, you know, that didn't happen overnight. It's taken, mm. I think it was about seven, eight months, mm. but now we've given him that opportunity, and you know, he sent me a message and was like, "Thank you, you believed in me at that point where I come out of prison, and no, one, everyone was like." absolutely not amazing so you've got to kind of remember that it's not always going to be quick wins Mm. sometimes it does take a long time Mm. you know even with what i do as a day job you go and see somebody they say no i don't need any agency don't want anything okay no problem we're here if you need anything Mm. it might take a week it might take a month it might take a year it might take five years Mm. but when they do that'll then they'll then give you a call nice yeah there's always that thing around like what you people are always watching as well and, they, and you don't realize that 
Alex tells me all the time about things that cut suddenly go, oh, I've been watching you for a year, but I've never engaged with any of your content. But I see what you're doing. So yeah, I like it. I like it. So then you just, you said about there around transforming lives and stuff like that. I know that you've um, recently been engaging with one of our curious entrepreneurs, um, Lewis. What a man. So yeah, like your, your commitment to kind of, your journey and how you're helping other people through that obviously we're going to get you in schools now which is great <laughs> um yeah talk to us briefly just about how how you met uh, one of our curious entrepreneurs and then the conversations you had and then what's what impacts i know the impact now but it'd be great for you to share kind of what's so it was at your launch event yeah so he spoke and you know when you just sit there and just resound everything he was saying and i was like yeah and funny enough, I was with Tom, my other half, okay. and he was like, that guy. And I was like, you're thinking what I'm thinking. And he's like, yeah. So I went and approached Lewis, gave him my business card and said, look, if you ever need anything. And at first, I think he thought I was trying to sell him agency labour, bless him. And he was like, yeah, well, we might need. I was like, no, I don't, I'm not talking about star. <laughs> I'm saying if you need anything in terms of help, yeah. can I, you know, help you, mentor you, coach you, whatever you need, let me know. And he sort of looked quite taken back at the time. Didn't hear anything. And then Alex messaged me and was like, Lewis wants to reach out, but I think he's a little bit apprehensive. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's fine, honestly. And then Lewis did email and was like, you know, can you help me? So we met up. God, it must have been about three or four weeks ago now. Yeah. Um, and I'd sort of done a bit of homework in the background before meeting him because I was like, I don't want to just go have a chit-chat. I want it to be useful. Mm. And he's obviously doing his plant hire and mm-hmm. tool side of the business and a good friend of mine has got quite a successful business in Norwich started on his own as te- you know multi-million pound business now mm-hmm. so I had to chat with him and said look I've met a guy I think he could do some coaching you are the best person in my opinion mm-hmm. you can give him you know firsthand how you've turned your business from like one machine to like 300 machines mm-hmm. out he was like yeah 100% so when I met, met up with Alex and Lewis I was like right this is what I can do for you. Mm. Here's the guy's number. You can go and have a chat with him. Mm. He's happy to show you around, spend a whole day with him, do whatever you need. Mm. But he's going to be the best person to brain pick exactly how you can transform your business now into a version of his. Mm. But nice. yeah, he was like proper stoked, bless him. Yeah, he, he um, one, we're really grateful for you for that. But also, yeah, the impact, the, the, the transition and transformation he's had in the last four to six months has been mega like he's had like six figure investment like yeah he's telling me about it big. which is insane so yeah he's um i've set up something actually with a couple um like a, a tight-knit accountability thing which is quite cool so i'm gonna like keep on at, at people as well so yeah look, looking forward to his journey so then what about lastly what about for you then and for you personally what's your what was your vision for your for your future? Where where do you want to? If if Kelly in thirty years time, I'll be very look, grey. And look at, looking back, <laughs> what do you? What would you say you want? Uh, what would you say? Oh, I've done this. I think I want to leave a bit of a legacy. Like I want to be the person that you know they think she's trying to change construction and how it's looked at not from just a female perspective but in general Mm. um and i think actually just being that person that people think she's again what i've touched on before i don't just say i'm going to do something i'll do it Mm. 
there's a lot of people out there that say they want to change people's lives and help people and it's bullshit mm. like you go and do it you're doing it you can see you're doing it mm. but there's a lot of people out there that say yeah we really want to help you mm. where are they then because they're not there doing it yeah and mm. i think that's what for me i want to be able to say is i've helped somebody and i think that's bit like with Lewis I saw that and I thought if I was his age and someone approached me like I didn't have that and I in a way I kind of wish I did because mm. you could say to someone oh what about this idea and you've got someone that's been there done that got the t-shirt mm. they can advise you and say well actually I think do this or I've got a really good connection for you yeah, that nice. can give someone that leg up to get a good start mm. um, but I didn't have that so that's why I'm always like about giving back I'm a bit of a funny bean with like good karma yeah, I think yeah. if you help someone out, you never know yeah. when they're going to help you out. And it's, I don't know, I just think of that whole circle of, yeah. you know, do a good deed. That good deed will come back round. Nice. If you do a bad deed, that'll bite you in the arse one yeah. day. And I always believe in that. And yeah. I've always done it. And it's done me all right, touch wood, so far. Nice, nice. So last thing then. What, if you were going to have a conversation... If I like, if you're gonna have a conversation like this with the Kelly that walked into that admin role, knowing what you know now, what would you say to her? Thing is, though, I'm a strong believer of I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, I've made some shitty decisions and done some stuff that you think probably not the best of ideas but it's put me on the path I am today. Mm. And I think you learn from mistakes. Whereas if you have an easy ride all the way through, you never learn from any challenge. You never learn how to overcome hurdles, you know. And I think actually it makes you who you are. And I always believe you've got a bit of a path. And I think you're supposed to make those mistakes to then learn. And then you think, I'm never going to do that again. Mm. Whereas if you don't make a mistake, you'll never learn from it. Mm. But I always would say, any opportunity that comes your way, just say yes. No matter what it is, no matter if you think I really can't be bothered or I really could do with being at home and doing some housework, just completely seize the day. And I think that's one thing that everyone should, yeah, grasp every opportunity. Because like I say, you'll always regret the ones that you don't take. You'll never regret it for doing it and thinking that was a bit of a waste of time. Mm. But you never know what door might open from, you know, a conversation or a coffee with someone, there might not be an instant, you know, oh, that was worthwhile because of X. It might take six months or a year or, as you know, five years to develop mm. into something. Mm. But it's all got to start somewhere. Mm. Nice. What a way to finish. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you for coming on. I've loved it. So obviously, if you've enjoyed the podcast episode, um, we really appreciate if you could subscribe um, by clicking the little bell button on uh, the platform and then obviously give us a rating because it makes a massive difference so we've hit the top 30 percent of listens on spotify and the top 20 percent watched as well which is quite cool okay. after a few episodes so yeah um thank you again for listening and watching in and we will catch you very soon peace out